another restorative talk. I've got Mike Mallory, founder of Rad Roller, and uh, Roy, who is, you know, you just told me, and I was like, that sounds awesome. Learning and it's experience coordinator. Learning experience coordinator, kind of education guru. I'm just, that sounds all, good. All, yeah, all around. I mean, let's just put it in perspective. Uh, my, my, my wife's Bonnie is joining us on this one as well, mm-hmm. and he is the only one standing up, and he has, a, <laughs> and he has amazing posture, so we're, we're pretty much good to go. So thank you both so much for making the effort to come up and, you know, all the work you guys have done in terms of research and development on Rad Roller is really apparent. We've been using your system since we met you guys in Tahoe like three or four weeks ago now. Mm -hmm. And it's apparent just like the grooves in the back like fit well and I've been able to get some releases in my spine that I don't typically get with, say, a traditional shaped foam roller. I'm just really curious to hear a little bit about, you know, yeah, I guess your process in founding the company and like why these shapes or what, like, yeah. 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 I mean, I, I used to work in the clinical environment and foam rollers are an old tool. So maybe we talked about this when I met you a while back, but there's something like 30 years old. They've been actually using foam rollers. And, you know, once I found out when you actually start looking into the patents, they go all the way back to like the late 1800s where you see like actually very similar products. So people have been goofing around with this stuff for a long time, but you know what? We had this kind of revival of, of the foam roller 15 to 20 years ago-ish, you know, and that's still been going, but we've been using these extremely generic tools and, you know, just knowing the body and the anatomy and the shapes of different areas, I just knew we needed something a little better. And not only that, I wanted to have something better to give to my clients because you know, as you guys know, it's it's not necessarily what you're doing in the hour of your therapy session. It's the rest of the entire week, you know, and all your patterns and all those things. And, you know, I wanted to just give people like a little token to take home so they would have something to work on, you know, and kind of give them feedback, et cetera, et cetera. And that's kind of where the products generally all began. Yeah, it's like starting from that clear need and you know, we, we see that all the time in, in the office, whether it's doing counseling, coaching, or full-on neuro and biofeedback. It's like, how do we get this person to take home, whether they're that top achiever just looking to get a faster time in, you know, an endurance race, or mm-hmm. just somebody looking to keep the wheels on at home? Like, how do we get that habit to stick, and how do we get somebody to actually change their patterns? Right? And that's that's a much bigger question when we're getting just outside of that hour maybe we have for with that client. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you'd start to talk about, you know, awareness and, and that's one of the main hurdles of getting people to change anything in their body is, you know, first of all, they come into you and they're just completely unaware that they maybe even had a problem or unaware that something's tight, you know, and then you're just using it as a, you know, biofeedback tool more or less. Sure. Totally. And what have you, I mean, right, you're the education Mm -hmm. (laughs) director, right? You have this like, great background in human psychology or kind of education psychology. I forget the exact term you use, but like, how are you seeing like ways where people can actually take, like we all know, I think pretty much everyone listening to this podcast is at least enough foundation to know that stretching, rolling and recovering is important, Mm -hmm. but like maybe they're not actually taking it to the next step. Like they're Mm -hmm. not actually following through or building consistency or, Mm -hmm. you know, doing it properly. Yeah. And like, what, what have you seen as like the main, uh, successful strategies or obstacles that people are seeing. Or oh man. Um, you know, I think we, 
kind of live in a culture of bigger, faster, stronger is better. Um, going at a fast rate, trying to dig in to tissues is really common, um, you know, because uh, it hurts so good kind of mentality. But um, what's fascinating, I think, about the research that we've done and we've collected is, um, you know, one of our concepts in our education platform is uh, less is more. So, you know, if you look at how tissues slide and glide over each other, um, and then you look at the nervous system response that we're trying to get from an individual, whether they're warming up or cooling down or looking to enhance recovery, looking to enhance mobility, we got to look at what are the tissues actually doing and what's the nervous system response when you're rolling out. So with uh, what I see most often is I see pain on the faces of people. Um, I'll see them clenching up. You know, if they're rolling out their leg, their shoulders will raise, their facial expression will be just horrible looking, you know, their, their face will turn red, they'll stop breathing and they'll keep rolling, you know, like, no, this is going to be good. This is going to be really good, you know? <laughs> um, but it's like, dude, you look like you're in a heck of a lot of pain. Like, why would you do that to yourself? It's yeah. As you're saying that my wife's sitting here pointing at me. What? <laughs> I'm like, what? I know. I see the massage therapist that you've been to who's dug way too deep and you probably know it. And you still are just like, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I came home once and I had bruising all over my back, and mm. she's like, "Dude," and I'm like, "You know, I'm good." Like next day, I couldn't <laughs> yeah. get out of bed. Right. Like, I thought it was gonna be worth it. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the mentality that, to your question, like I see most often, is what tool do you have that's you know the the hardest tool and the the one that's gonna be able to you know shred my tissues you know the best, and it's like. How about we take a step back and then look at the, the research and look how the nervous system actually responds to manual therapy, self-myofascial release, things you can do at home, at the office, anywhere. But then there's intention, you know, and I also see a lot of folks looking at the intention as being a one-size-fits-all. Um, should I roll slow? Should I roll fast? Should I go superficial? Should I go deep? And, you know, the answer is what's your intention? What do you want to do? What kind of nervous system response are you looking for? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's kind of like an experience thing too. So we we work with Tiffany Krugshank, who's kind of a world famous yoga teacher, does a lot of anatomy and physiology courses kind of as it pertains to yoga. You know, and she was telling me when she does these beginner workshops, a lot of times she'll specifically use stiffer tools. And that's just to kind of, you know, people who aren't experienced with this stuff, they kind of need the volume turned up initially you know they really need to feel it to get what's going on and then as you become more experienced you kind of need less and less which i imagine you guys you know find in your work it's quicker and easier to get back into that zone once you're a little more experienced totally and i think so many people that are coming in in a crisis or in distress whatever it's physiologically or psychologically they're just like hey what's that silver like what's the thing like, yeah. give me the thing so I'm no longer suffering as much. Yeah. You know, and that, to your point of that red face rolling, overdoing it, which, like, yeah, maybe there is some release from that, but it's really not the nuanced and as, as effective as it really could have been. Yeah. But it's what our nervous system in that sympathetic state is really craving, mm-hmm. even though it's not what's maybe the most healing in that moment. So, yeah, for sure. It could yeah. be perspective, too. I mean, a lot of people, I think it's called the Weber-Fechner law, where it's, you know, the 
perception of an individual we in in one of our courses we actually say like uh, if you take someone that really likes spicy foods and they just really dig that that response you know like wow that is hot you know and i love it and they really like deep tissue massage or you got a football player that's on the offensive line and he's just getting hit and tackled and all that's a very high stimulus that person's probably really comfortable with high stimulus throughout his life whether it's food or proprioceptive response or whatever so then when they go to roll it's like no high stimulus i like this this is me you know but as we were talking earlier, mm -hmm. can you give can you give the other side an opportunity, you know, to see if there's a difference between functional and optimal? Like it might be working for you, that's awesome. And I definitely encourage keep doing what works for you personally. But are you open to enhancing your mobility, recovery, um, maybe just relaxing? You know, mm -hmm. people that are usually in that state all the time, they're like, what's, what's that? <laughs> How do I do it? Yeah. And noticing we're like, we were talking about noticing the subtle things that are happening in your body and starting to attune to those more for the benefit of like noticing things before they become painful, before mm -hmm. they become intense. So it's those subtle thresholds, those lower parts of our sensory perception mm -hmm. that are have a lot of information for us to cue into yeah yeah and especially if we're all stressed out and go 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 like we're gonna probably be more aware of external environmental stimuli rather than internal and mm -hmm. we should be we should be experts you know on our own body you know i mean we should be the expert on our own body and if we were not then we're missing something huge yeah i think we generally are but people just don't trust that you know, mm, good they, I don't know, they put the trust in someone else and they just can't. So it's, it's an odd pattern of our culture, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm mm -hmm. guessing you guys see the exact same thing where it's okay. like, I, I can't solve this problem internally. It's, you need to tell it to me, you need to do it to me, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point too, because I, I just had someone ask me at a recent conference, well, what's the best way to do this? And what's you know, they're always looking for those, like you were saying, the silver lining of like, what's the best? And my response usually is, we got to figure out what's going to work best for you. You know, well, what's the research say? Well, physiologically, research says this, but I can't tell you exactly what to do, where to do it, how to do it. Like, you just got to <laughs> test it out, man. You know, you got to test it out, see what works for you, because it's not a one size fits all, you know? Yeah. I mean, we've really entered like culturally into this era of valuing data, right? We have companies that have free products where really we are the data markers, right? So we're what's creating value for their for their company. And you know, when we look at the Whoop, you know, 3.0 now's out, or the iWatch, or just whatever Polar Heart Strap, or you know, whatever tracker metric you use, which many people do have. Right? It's like, in a way, it's empowering to say, okay, I am actually getting into these heart rate zones, or I am doing this. But in another way, we can also, like, there's those classic, like, well, can you speak in a full sentence? If not, then you're in this zone. If you can, then you're in that zone, right? And there's these things that we know where we're at, and there might be some fine-tuning we can do, and it's really nice to reflect and be like, oh, I'm hitting that interval really nicely. Mm -hmm. Or, no, I didn't hit that. I'm not actually pushing hard enough, or I'm not recovering well enough, say, mm -hmm. just within you know, within a, say, interval training, mm -hmm. right? So there's these benefits that come from it, but 
you know, we did some testing today with Mike on like just how does his nervous system respond to rolling? And we Mm -hmm. saw actually pretty great results just from a skin conductance, which basically is how much sweat happens when he responds to stressful stimuli. And we saw just after five minutes of rolling an improvement there, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's like, how can we track that? Like, how do you know that? Like we now have a quantitative external piece. We also have this qualitative side of like, did you feel more relaxed? Well, yeah, we were just talking about, you know, 10 minutes ago, I went through this whole thing. So we did some testing. I rolled for five minutes. Then we went and repeated the test. And the second time around, it was like, oh yeah, my, my body's here. I'm breathing. I'm actually, you know, aware of my body. I'm not just kind of you know, thinking, thinking in my head here. It's pretty amazing, actually, because I usually don't approach it that way. You know, I usually just kind of roll, I'm good, I'm relaxed, but I don't really, uh, I don't put on my academic hat and try to think about what's going on. You know, I'll just go to bed or hit the gym or whatever, you know, after I roll. So, yeah, super cool. Yeah. So it's like an example of healthy quantitative outside stuff right of like here's a reflection and also you could find that on your own through like a like you're talking about that yogi or some of the education you guys provide of like hey like there's there's mm-hmm. these layers that kind of unfold through a like a natural trajectory of your growth as an athlete or as a human like mm-hmm. as you become more somatically or you know you and bonnie like to use the word uh like proprioception or interoception like is that yeah. as we get better at that like we get more fine-tuned and we do have more like agency and empowerment of ourself of like, no, no, I'm good. Like I can actually overdo this or, or go do this without overdoing it. Mm-hmm. Or I can mindfully overdo it cause I'm in a race. Yeah. You know, or your limits. Gonna, yeah. Know your limits. Yeah. And that's, and that's hard. It's nice. It's kind of like there's, there's some balance of both, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I don't, I have not found that for myself. I'll just be <laughs> completely transparent. Right. Like I think I, I lean too far towards not using quantitative metrics in my training. Mm-hmm. but I also lean too far. I also don't give enough value to my physiological state, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like a chosen somatic awareness at all times. It's more just like, well, I just don't really want to watch that as a text me all the time. Yeah. You know, I already have too many notifications in my life. So that's about as far as I've gotten, you know, yeah. there's this, you know, that's, I think what I was so intrigued or Bonnie and I were so intrigued with your product is like this education component. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm, I'd love to hear more of like, you know, how can people like engage with that? And like, what's that process? Like, what do you guys work people through instead of just be like, all right, well, let's roll out our quads and IT bands, which mm-hmm. I think pretty much everyone, or, you know, the classic just up and down the spine thing. Yeah. But there's so much more to do. There's so much more parts of our body. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, we go through, um, we have online platforms, we have live in person, depending on how a person learns best. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it really comes down to if I were to kind of term our, our education program, it would be a nervous system based mobility and recovery program or a brain based mm-hmm. mobility and recovery program. Uh, because, you know, again, depending on what people are looking to achieve is going to greatly depend on what is recommended to do. Um, so, you know, we have, this one course called Rev Mobility One, and uh, we just go through the basics of, you know, this is fascia, you know, and this is the role that fascia plays in human movement. Uh, this is why it's really important. Um, what are compensation movement patterns? What are the injury rates? 
uh, for people that uh, uh, don't move very well, uh, maybe to that interoception part or are unaware that they don't move very well, and how can we help them um, basically target the specific areas of their body, you know, that they're feeling most restricted. We ask them to feel, we ask them to notice, um, and then we go into our specific tools and techniques for enhanced mobility, enhanced recovery, um, you know, and, it, and it's really on the general level. So the good thing I like about it is anyone can take it. You know, I, I always say like my mom and dad, if they took it, they don't know anatomy and physiology, uh, they'd probably understand about 75% of the stuff, awesome. maybe even 80, you know, mm -hmm. there are some key terms in there that some people might be like, I don't even know what that means, but that's okay because the techniques and the concepts that they're, they're there. Uh, and it's all the research behind what is self-myofascial release, why should I do it, what are the benefits, and then we go over three specific techniques, um, and then also the science behind every single one of those techniques. Um, and then we have uh, uh, the next step would be a Rad Mobility 2 session. That's really just for professionals, and that's uh, on, we, we really focus in on a nine-point full-body multiplanar assessment protocol. Uh, so then anyone, uh, a professional, a trainer, or yoga teacher, anyone can just run a few assessments on one person or 10 at the same time. And they can really start targeting where are you specifically feeling restricted? Where, where am I noticing a limited joint range of motion in the side, in the back, in the front, uh, spiral myofascial line, whatever. And then we start developing a plan of action based on that individualized data. So then that person not only has their enhanced internal reception, but they also have external data from another individual. We combine both of those and we make a plan out of it. So just awesome. kind of like there's levels of, you know, knowledge and application and myofascial release, you know, and that you, you kind of start with, you know, if it's tight, it's tight. Like if you press into something, it either feels kind of normal or it doesn't, you know, and that's where, you know, somebody who's never really done this stuff before or is just a gym goer or whatever can kind of just apply some level of science to it, mm -hmm. you know, and then you start getting into kind of the tactical aspect, which is a little bit more of what Roy's talking about, where you're actually tactically trying to unwind someone. Mm -hmm. But maybe you could explain the difference between just physical and neuro and, you know, why we're like brain-based. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the nervous system pretty much runs the show. Um, so, you know, again, if if we just hand over a couple of products and say good luck, um, you know, most likely with that cultural aspect of, you know, roll harder, roll faster, roll stronger, um, you know, someone might get the response they're looking for. Maybe they do enhance their mobility. According to some of the research that we're aware of, um, a hard roll actually can increase um, the mobility of tissues is called strain transfer medium by about six percent but if they go a little bit lower and slower the nervous system responds a little differently more parasympathetic more rest digest and recover and that's roughly about a 12 percent increase in strain transfer medium so you know the numbers might sound low but it's literally doubling you know so it's huge yeah it's huge um so you know there's the physical aspect like mike was talking about i can look at my quads i can look at my you know, my shoulders and that's where it hurts. Or we can look at the body holistically, you know, and look at how the nervous system plays a role in every single part, whether it be hormone release, 
catabolic, anabolic state, whatever. And also to Mike's point, that's why we have Rad Mobility One. So anyone, anyone can take that, you know, and they'll get a lot of great pieces of how to and why and where and all that. Then the next step would be the more advanced courses that we have. Sure. When it's such a, so it's like such a great basic tip, right? Hey, 6% is great. A lot of people are just looking for a 1% improvement. Mm-hmm. You know, some people are looking for a hundred percent, but you know, 6% is huge, but going from six to 12 is so massive and just slowing down from imagine breathing and focusing on an exhale, like mm-hmm. just getting a little bit of that kind of like vagal stimulation. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be doubling your results for rolling. No doubt. No doubt. Awesome. It's so easy, right? Yeah, I'm just sitting here like, okay. I think it's funny, actually. <laughs> yeah. about, uh, I think the, the first response we were talking earlier about, you know, people always, uh, a lot of people feeling uncomfortable with silence or, you know, they're, they're always go, go, go. So it's like once you get them on a tool or, or you ask them to do something, they look at you and they're like, what, what, what do I do now? Yeah. Like, Dude chill you know let's just go through some what breathing. am i supposed to be feeling it's really that easy yeah. you know it can really be that easy so yeah. it's amazing we're always looking for uh to do something you know it's like just chill out man when i think one of the things he's uh kind of talking in and around as well you know as most people think that you're making these like hard physical changes in the tissue and it's from what the research shows, it's really not true because, you know, if you, fascia is so strong, it's got a strength per weight ratio that's higher than Kevlar. So if it was much thicker, like you would literally be bulletproof. Like it's that strong. You would have to, if you wanted to stretch your Achilles tendon, you'd have to remove it and roll a steamroller steam over the thing to like actually get it to physically change. Mm-hmm. So wow. really what we're doing is we're working with the nervous system you know, you're, you're signaling the receptors that are underneath the tissue to chill out, relax, you know, or if you're rolling too hard, you're probably not stimulating that in the right way, but it kind of comes down to intent, you know, like you were talking about, you know, an ultra marathon or trying to get his buckle at the Leadville, you know, those guys are just looking for, generally speaking, an actual physical movement of fluid, you know, through the body. And that's the recovery aspect, but there's also this kind of tactical you know change your range of motion change the shape of your body that's more dealing with the nervous system right does that make sense mm-hmm. totally i mean that's as i told you guys think earlier like that's where i feel like for my growing edges right now where it's like yeah there's i have fantasies of doing some pretty big objectives at another point in life but like how do you get back to that functional movement you know maybe like people use like the natural movement or primitive movements or like what, how do I allow for my body structure, um, to move naturally? And we've talked about like range of motion of shoulders or quality of a squat, like, you know, what are those things and how do you get there? And mm-hmm. that can feel really overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Right, where you're like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like where do I start? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's actually, I mean, that's a, a good kind of jumping off point to like, you know, like thinking possibly in this conversation, thinking of rather than the brain or mind, mind over matter, mind over body, is like really like how, how is it a conversation? And then actually getting your nervous system on board and the body on board to cooperate and really give you of like, give you that information of like, yes, this is relaxing, this feels good. 
this feels like a nice edge to come into instead of like pushing it over. Mm -hmm. so. And for a lot of people, maybe they don't know even what that feels like, mm -hmm. right? Like it's been so long in that activated state that it's like, oh, this is, you know, that little ball or that little whatever device they're using of yours or however they even on a normal foam roll are going just slower. Like they mm -hmm. might just have like, oh, right. That kind of classic parasympathetic exhale of like, yeah, I'm kind mm -hmm. of arriving and slowing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's foreign. It is very foreign. Yeah. Especially with, you know, an endurance athlete or a family that's maxed out, mm -hmm. right? It's like that is, those, you know, people think they're very different, but like those people are very, very similar. Yeah. You know? So it's I think it's interesting too where, you know, to kind of cross this over to everyday life and anyone, like, again, I'll take my parents for example. I think a common thought is, you know, the only the only folks that really need to like quote unquote recover are athletes, you know, or people that work out. But I mean we all do. You know, it's what sleep is. It's a passive form of recovery, but we all need to recover. But I mean again, even taking my parents for example, they do you know, they do housework, they they go on walks, they do whatever. It's like there's energy metabolism, they're you know, maybe they're lifting a few things here and there, moving it around. My dad has been chopping wood more lately, you know, so I'm sure that's, you know, going to be really good for, you know, his musculoskeletal system and, and all getting stronger, more stable. But he needs to recover as well, you know. Totally. So whether we're talking about an ultra marathoner or just anyone that just, he, he, he's probably not the best at chilling out, especially right. consciously, <laughs> you know, like being able to chill out, like on a moment's notice, like, what does that even feel like? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm fascinated that this can even cross over to that realm, you know, huh. as well. I'd even take it. Like, I'm curious too, if you guys have seen research or pieces, but like I'm imagining, you know, one of the things we deal with a lot is like test anxiety with people or just needing to perform in a high stress job mm -hmm. where you're like, a trader maybe or something along those lines and it's like yeah actually for that person who maybe at that moment isn't ramping up physical training but like just recovering from a day at work or in school yeah can actually you know i'd imagine boost test results or performance significantly mm -hmm. yeah. well there's something that's talked about it's you know we call it the neurological window where you know if you roll out your leg it's not you know, like I said, it's not making a physical change. It's not going to just immediately last forever after you've rolled once. You know, you've got this neurological opening in the tissue. You know, and we, when you think about it from an athlete perspective, it's like, or a squatting perspective, like you brought up, it's like you might need to roll the outer edge of your hip so you're opening up, like, external rotation so you can get deeper into a squat. And then what you do is you go into that squat, you use that extra range of motion that you have and you're kind of trying to cement that into the nervous system. But it's the same thing with like stock trader. You know, you, you get your neurological window and then how you use that, you know, it's up to you. Mm -hmm. Do you use it to like jump right back into your trading or whatever? Or do you kind of develop other patterns that will kind of calm you down and, you know, use that kind of recovery schedule, right? Totally. And that's where when we're in that calmer state and our core is all and our adrenaline's lower, that's where we can actually get into the flow state, which mm -hmm. I think, you know, to us, like Bonnie and I are like amazing brains and restorative adventures. Like that's kind of that like pinnacle state where it's like we're having three, four, five hundred percent increases 
of uh, performance. Wow. Right? So it's like by actually slowing down, by going slower on the foam roller, mm -hmm. you're actually laying a foundation to be exponentially more effective and more productive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? And that even there, I think one of the biggest issues just to kind of pick on and kind of hammer this home is like people that do get into the flow state, we can get kind of addicted to that. Right. You know, so like adrenaline athletes, you know, as they're extreme athletes, right. It's different actually the way they're processing adrenaline and, you know, it's maybe not as intense always for people as they might think it is for that person. Like, Oh, they just did a double. And you're like, well, that actually might not be very scary for that person. They're probably pretty well self-connected while they're doing that. But the skip, the step that most people skip, like if there's in like Whelan and Kotler's four stages of flow is the recovery stage at the end. Right. Like that, when you come out of that flow state, like you've depleted vitamins, minerals, nutrients, calories, mm -hmm. like you need to rehydrate, you need to mm -hmm. recover, you need to roll, you need to rest. Mm -hmm. Like, and we just want to get right back in. Like, no, no, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's go Where's again. the next one? Yeah. yeah. And really our day is filled with, with, um, that kind of cycle of charge and discharge process where there's always miniature little recoveries that we can capture and do if we're paying attention. Totally. And more often than not, we're, we're really um, pushing that off to the side. Like, oh, I can do that later. I'll take care of that later. And, or not even feeling it. Mm -hmm. Not even feeling the need to do it. So. I, I ran into that the other night. We ended up going for a bike ride together. I had, you know, I, I'm a part of this coaching group where we, so you say peer coaching. It's an accountability thing to get your to-do list done, right? Setting eight-week and year-long goals and working towards it with, People, to, you're supporting people, they're supporting you. And I had put down, I wanted to write a 500-word blog and film like a six-minute video on it. And I just like had no motivation. And I was like sitting there like, all right, I'm going to just type for 10 minutes. And like I did, and I was like, I still really don't want to do this. And we ended up going just for uh, probably a 20-minute road ride, like not nothing crazy, just kind of watching the sunset and checking out new neighborhoods around our house. Came back and... I finished the project within 30 minutes, nice. you know, right after yeah. hours of this struggle. And it's mm -hmm. not to negate the struggle. The struggle is actually, that's a part of it, right? Mm -hmm. We do need to struggle when you need to grow and you do need to learn and progress. But then we do that, you know, step two is that, you know, getting perspective. That's like the epiphany in the shower moment, you know, where it's like we're allowing nitric oxide and these other things to flush out the stress hormones, you know, like mm -hmm. adrenaline and, you know, Cortisol is kind of that main, like, in like anti-flow state piece, and then we get into that flow. And you're like, oh, cool. And then you finish it, kind of rode that wave as long as I could. It's over, and then it's you know nine o'clock at night. I'm like, yeah, it's a healthy time to stop instead of trying to start another wave at nine o'clock. Yeah. At least within that context. So there can be other ways that increase efficiency. To Bonnie's point of just by paying attention, mm -hmm. like when should I be pushing and when should I be relaxing. Yeah, you know, and, and training can be really nuanced, right? Using it, like you know, from a coaching standpoint. But I really, what I really like about your guys' stuff is the program is like you can actually roll through steps, and you're actually preparing for something that might be eight weeks or twelve weeks or really a lifelong goal down the road. Mm -hmm. You know, that it's like the classic when I did my first endurance race. My coach was like, "Dude, best to just show up rested. It's the best thing you can do." Yeah. It's like in that last week, like you're not going to like no interval you're going to do is get you more ready for that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like the best thing you can do is just let yourself chill mm -hmm. and just actually Recover. show up ready. Right. 
Yeah, well, like this is the yeah your your system, and in my words would be like a proactive recovery rather than going to the like what do, what do I do when I just feel wiped out and tired and like like I've ignored too many of my points of needing recovery throughout the day and now I'm just gonna watch TV mm-hmm. or just like space out in some way which feels good mentally and that's probably what we need on some level mentally but our bodies like you know not feeling great maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> so that there's that yeah that proactive component that can really if we treat our bodies well really help our mental recovery as well mm-hmm. well like people don't realize this too that you know you need recovery from sitting in a chair for eight hours <laughs> yeah you know yeah. i mean maybe it's been brought up but it's like you you, you sit at your breakfast table, and then you go sit in the car while you drive to work, and then you sit at your desk, and then you sit at your car again, you know, mm-hmm. then you lay down. Maybe there's exercise in there, whatever, but uh, the, the chairs are just absolutely killing us. Mm-hmm. And you need to recover just as, in terms of like opening up your hips, uh, your back, etc. It's almost like you need, you need more recovery than the, you know, ultra marathon or athlete dude. Mm-hmm. you know do you all have like a either for the audience here or something we could link in the show notes just to like a chair recovery program because I mean, i'm certainly that's me like i'll just say what it is like i wish it wasn't and i still identify as not being that person but i mm-hmm. totally am yeah check yeah. out our we've got an app it's called rad mobility it's uh it's available on google play and also the the itunes store and so there's actually like a I don't remember what it's called, but it's desk-bound athlete or something like that. Office worker. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Where it's giving you, you know, six, seven steps of things to actually do to take care of that. So you can check us out there. We're at radroller.com, radroller team on Instagram. We're pretty easy to find. YouTube channel. Yeah. 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 Yeah, And really local to the Denver area too, Mm -hmm. like here in Colorado. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think that to me seems like such a great challenge to like all our listeners and really to us as well, just like downloading that app, getting on, you know, we have, have to have your products, but like, you know, whatever it is just to like take those initial steps, just like our guest last week, Joe said, it's just like putting your running shoes on for two minutes and getting out the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Just for two minutes, just do it. Well, you and know? the challenge for, for me and I think for a lot of folks too, like we've talked about before is, is really understanding the value of doing this, like that it expands way beyond physical benefit. Um, and yeah, that it can reach parts of your life that are are significant, so. Mm-hmm. Totally. So people know where to find you both. Are there any things you just wanna say in closing, just help people get to know you better? Like this is your this is your stage here if you this want. This is our passion, man. I mean, yeah. this, is, this is our wheelhouse, you know? So, um, I mean, if, if I were to say anything about the whole rad team, I'd say that um, I'm blessed to work with a team of intelligent individuals that not only have a, a passion for education and, and overall wellness, um, but I, I was saying earlier that we all have different skill sets, different backgrounds. We have osteopaths in our team and PTs and trainers and strength conditioning coaches and it's just an amazing team. So we, I love the fact that we can all collaborate. We literally collaborate on a weekly, on a weekly basis and we just figure out best practices, education, adult learning theory, how people learn. (coughs) And then we bring all that to our education. And that's what I'm always talking about. You know, that's, that's, that's that, that, that's one thing I'd want everyone to know is just, 
you know, the education is there and there's all different types of education. Like Mike said, if you just want some techniques and tools, go to their RAD app. That's what it's there for. But if you want like a little bit more why and the value of how and what's going on underneath my skin, maybe RAD Mobility One Online is for you. But if you're a professional and you're like, no, I want to go even deeper, you know, and really get into the crux of things, maybe hit Rad Mobility too, or we have a yoga and a golf program as well. Heck yeah. So it's awesome. Amen. Thanks Amen. for having us on. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so and, much uh, for joining us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, y'all have a great day and thanks for listening. Namaste. Namaste.